Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Being Inspired Radio Show. I am Amanda Johnson, your host, and are you in for another wonderful treat today or what? I have another incredible guest with me. This is a woman who I have recently um, been put in touch with. Our, our energies have come together in the virtual space. We were introduced to one another over email now a couple of months ago, and, um, and we got to play together a bit virtually as uh, she had an opportunity to interview and speak with me on one of her platforms called Wisdom Chats. And now I'm so thrilled to bring her to the Being Inspired Radio Show and introduce you to her and her to you and share who she is and what she stands for and get an opportunity to deepen in together in this space. And through that, really inspire you to be more of who you truly are. And so today I have with us the very lovely Brazilian Susie Verde. <laughs> You're going to love her accent, if nothing else. Um, <laughs> Susie is the founder of the Joy of Being Network, a community of creative spiritual individuals committed to the growth of consciousness and to live a life of meaning and fulfillment. Doesn't that just sound amazing? Uh, she is a communicator, an inspirational speaker, a teacher, and a workshop facilitator. She is also a certified life coach, a certified positive psychology practitioner, and a certified professional astrologer. So if you have any doubt or any questions, you know she's done the work, she's gotten those certifications, and it's so apparent in how she speaks and what she brings to the work that she does. And not only that, but she's professionally trained on various transformative techniques such as hypnosis, Arasoma, which I don't even know about. So if that comes up in our conversation, great. And Psych K. And as I mentioned, Susie has deep roots in Brazilian spirituality and is an ordained interfaith minister, a cutting edge school that interconnects the world's leading spiritual traditions. So she's got quite the bio and I am just honored to have her on the show. Susie, welcome. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Amanda, for having me. It's a, it's a pleasure and an honor to be in your show. Wonderful. Well, uh, that is mutual. So as our <laughs> listeners, as our listeners may or may not know, if you've been following the show for some time, what I love so much about these conversations is of to see where we are guided, where spirit takes us and, and what comes through. And in order to start that process, I love to ask each of our guests, you know, what it is that they stand for, what it is that they feel compelled to bring to this world, how they're serving others, what gifts they have to share. And then I love to find or be led or guided to a text, some text that has inspired me, that has guided me on my own journey, and read a, a quote or a passage from that so that we can deepen into uh, these concepts together. And so when I asked Susie this question, she sent me this lovely um summary of, of how she sees life and what life is and how she sees where other people are in their lives. And one specific thing stood out to me, and it was that she poses this question to all of us, which is, in which ways am I making the world a better place through my own happiness? And I felt very clearly when I read that, that I think this is where we need to at least begin the conversation and then, of course, see where it takes us, this idea of happiness. And then I was sitting here at my desk and I, I was actually sitting in meditation for a few moments and a new earth 
popped into my awareness. And so, of course, it's sitting right here on my desk. So I reached for the book and I flipped it open. And as I flipped it open, it landed on a page where I had a few lines underlined. And one of them had to do with happiness. And so I said, well, I guess this is it. This is what I'm meant to read. So I'm going to read for you um, a short passage here from Eckhart Tolle's A New Earth. And, and as I read it, if you can, you know, be fully present to the words that Eckhart has written for us and see what it is saying to you. It might speak a little differently to each of us. And Susie, as you hear these words, uh, same thing. See what it might bring up for you or what what truths it might uh, point to in your own life. And then we'll, we'll go from there. So this okay. is from a new earth. Don't seek happiness. If you seek it, you won't find it because seeking is the antithesis of happiness. Happiness is ever elusive, but freedom from unhappiness is attainable now. By facing what is, rather than making up stories about it. Mm. Yeah. So there's a there's a few things in that that short passage, Susie. As you heard that, what was it that stood out to you? What piece resonated most? Uh, well, first of all, I would say that I really love Eckhart's teachings, and um, I have this book and also the power of now <clears throat> and led some study groups around his work and the whole idea of um, I think what uh, Eckhart does beautifully is to remind us that we are the ones who are actually um, experiencing life through our mindful soul and <clears throat> this is this is my wording the mindful soul which is a space within us that is observing what it is that is happening around us, but it's not so identified with circumstances, external circumstance, instead is actually being able to sit in the throne and the power of who one is truly. And so that consciousness of, of being on that center of, of, of our inner being, is what actually is the source of the experience of all happiness. So what uh, I hear um, in this, in this uh, piece of teaching is that we shouldn't go anywhere and look for the experience of happiness because happiness is what happens naturally when it is that you are in the present moment connected, deeply connected with your inner self. So it's not something, it's not like a product that you get out of a shelf by um, say, you know, consuming something or practicing something or even putting the intention that today you're going to experience more happiness. But instead, if you are working on your inner space with, um, with the possibility of becoming more aware of you as the greater creator and the greater observer of your life, then that consciousness in and out of itself is like this wonderful warming factor that can transform all the perceptions that, you're, that, that you might have of life and 
changing perceptions, by changing your perceptions, you are actually able to see things differently. And by seeing things differently, you also can step into a space of experiencing more joy and fulfillment because you realize that there is this amazing, beautiful reality around us that most most times we're not able to connect to because we're full of erroneous perceptions of who we are, of what things are, of what life is about. Um, there's, you know, there's also something that Eckhart talks a lot about, which is the body of fear. And so we are projecting and experiencing this body of fear many times in our lives. And it, it, all those factors, they end up working as screens that prevent us to experience life and its beauty as it is at the present moment. So um, going back to the happiness um, um, factor, I would say that happiness is what you experience when you actually um, are not, as he said, masterfully seeking, but you are occupying yourself. You are occupying that space of the creator, of the observer, and you can say, oh, this body of pain, this is not me. This is uh, something that is happening here. You know, the, those are emotional reactions that I'm having that are connected to beliefs that I hold that may or may not true for me anymore. And if I'm ready to change those beliefs, maybe that experience of pain or discomfort or loss or loneliness, they might dissolve almost like automatically and I might experience more happiness. Uh, so, so really the work starts within and that's, that's not new for probably most of us, but, mm -hmm. but I think uh, Eckhart is masterfully is reminding us of our responsibility of, of uh, first working on ourselves and then experiencing what we call happiness um, on the exterior level. Mm -hmm. Wow, so many good things that you brought up. And I, would, I love that you even ended with this idea that we can experience more of what we call happiness because I do yes. think that there's, even there we can have a bit yeah. of a perception of what this exactly. word happiness is. So thank you, and, and, and again, that it's not something you get off of the shelf or that you go out yeah. and you buy. I really want to ask, and there's, there were many questions that were starting to pop up yeah, that yeah. really stood out the most as you were speaking, because I love how you talked about the, you know, the need to occupy our true self, occupy the seat of, you know, the power of who we really are, who we truly yeah. are. And as you said, I mean, you're, you're very much speaking my language. Eckhart was very much um, one of my root teachers, I would call, because he was the one to freely open my mind to many of these concepts that there are, you know, millions of teachers speaking about, and yet he does do it very masterfully. And, you know, for anyone listening who's read his work also may be familiar or read work that is similar. And then for all of those who maybe are thinking, what in the world do you mean by that? You know, how, um, for those of us who have not yet observed our emotions or learned to occupy uh, the seat of who we truly are, what do you, what does that look like to you? What does that mean to you? And maybe, even what has that journey or experience been like for you, if you could share? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, first of all, I wanted to say that um, this call that I have um, 
to 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 search and understand happiness and joy on a deeper level <clears throat> comes from a past in my life in which I didn't experience happiness and joy. As a matter of fact, I I was pretty um, sad uh, because I was always very highly sensitive to what was happening around me and my family and the world um, and witnessing so much dysfunctionality. Um, and I could say that as a young child experiencing dysfunctionality in my family, not so much, uh, I would say, physical dis like abuse or anything like that, but you know, the in-between lines, the in-between lines of of my parents' disconnection, of my parents' pain, of my parents' uh, inability to really connect, to have a life that was genuinely happy, and therefore to 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 pass it on to us. So we were taught that you know life was about um, becoming successful, uh, you know, getting into a good school, you know, getting a job. And then every Sunday at lunchtime, we just had this miserable silence going on on the table. Like, well, tomorrow's Monday and the war starts again and the war starts again. And, you know, living life, like if, if it was a, a field of war, really was really, it, it didn't make sense to me. And, and, and I remember having all sorts of terrible um, feelings of, you know, about myself, about, about what I was going to be because the world, it was such a, you know, threatening, terrible place. And how could I feel even excited to be someone in a world that was totally not inviting, and totally not creative and totally not, it didn't really make sense to me, um, the world that, I was presented. Plus, at school, I was went to Catholic school, and the whole passion of Christ, and the crucifixion, and the pain, and 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 you know, the reason why we should be good people, because you know, coming from the idea of of Jesus' passion, and I mean, this world was very unappealing to me, very mm -hmm. unappealing to me. All the reasons suffering. people, suffering. yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. very. And um, so for me, you know, uh, as soon as I could, you know, get hold of money um, by doing the simplest jobs, I went to India and I was sitting with like Sai Baba on a, in a beautiful ashram and, and I started to learn yoga and I started to study the autobiography of a yogi with Yogananda and I started to study astrology and all those things were very important to me at that time because the first insight that I can remember back then was like oh my god god is alive you know god is alive and not only that god can be joyful and the and life can be about joy and that gave me like this extra really that extra amount of of hope that i needed not only to survive but to realize that i could thrive that i could that i could have an incredible life and that life could be about uh, the creative expression of who i was and um 
That for me, honestly, was such a deep realization at the age of, on, on my 20s and on my early 20s because it gave sense and meaning to my life. And ever since, I have always been uh, in search of, of meaning, deeper meaning, and always in search of uh, happiness as the possibility, like the door, you know, the door, the possibility for us to basically feel good in our skins. You know, to have a life that far from being superficial, like, you know, oh, I'm happy because I bought, you know, a pair of new boots, but, you know, being happy on the core of your being, you know, on the core of your being, having a life that makes sense to you, have the possibility of speaking your truth, um, having relationships that are harmonious, they're bringing you um insights and 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 they're supporting you uh to become who who you could really be you know in this lifetime if it is that you keep feeding yourself with i would say good good vibes and i think it's our responsibility to align our lives in a way that we can experience more and more of this state because you know contrary to a lot of what a lot of people think Happiness is not what happens to you. Happiness is what is a space that is created in your life through your self-allowance. And not only that, through your choices of what you are actually feeling, thinking, and doing on a daily basis. So it's it's much more, yeah, it's, you know, and that's the amazing thing that I, I was completely, um, I was completely taken when I started to study um, um, positive psychology, for instance, was the fact that, you know, even traditional science now, you know, the, the, the science of psychology, the study of psychology is moving from an old paradigm of fixing people. You know, why, why, what was the Freudian and the psychoanalytic uh, era about was about analyzing what was wrong and helping people to become normal again, normal citizens, normal workers, normal husbands, wives, parents. But you know, positive psychology is about, you know, we really investing on flourishing. Is it possible that a human being flourishes in this lifetime? And if it is, what's involved? And, um, and I tell you, it's so deep. It, it involves the spiritual level, for instance. So it's not about, you know, just fixing something. And as I said, you know, some people think, oh, you know, it must be so shallow because, you know, you really have to dig into your past sometimes and heal your past before you can move forward. And it's true, you know, with all due respect. But it's also true that, and I've seen this over and over and over and over happening with my clients. It's like, are you committed to flourish? Are you committed to take the step forward from victim, victimhood to the hero of your journey? And if you do, what would be the steps involved in it? Does that make sense, Amanda, yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, it does. It does. And, and I actually would love to ask, you know, what you mean in terms of, you know, committed to flourish like what does that look like so again I'm you know I'm I'm right there with you on this and I'm also listening to 
you know, through the lens or the eyes of someone who, you know, maybe hasn't read all of Eckhart's books yet, or hasn't studied any of positive psychology, or maybe doesn't, hasn't practiced yoga or hasn't been to India. And I'm thinking how many, of course, all of the wisdoms and the teachings that you have now acquired along this journey. And as we relate it back to happiness and what that means in terms of really inhabiting who we truly are, allowing that to come from within, allowing yeah. our our perceptions of our life experience, of the external world and environment to be that which sees things from a state of joy and bliss and yeah. peace, right? So we, we these concepts were very familiar to me. And then I love that you said this idea of, are we committed to flourish? And what does that look like? So when you would, when you talk with your clients about this, what is it that you're, um, uh, that you're, you're maybe trying to have them see or, or wishing them to see or. Yeah. Experience? Thank you. Thank you for asking this question, Amanda, because honestly, I think that's the very first step for any true deep transformation process, because most of us, I would say, most because um, <clears throat> you know there's evidence there is there is um, scientific evidence um, there's scientific ed- evidence for instance um, uh, that the human beings are like naturally geared to the negative so um, you know if you had like a choice and you know it's going to rain it's not going to rain okay most people would say oh there's the possibility it's going to rain and and this goes on simple things in life. We tend to we tend to be geared to the negative, and there's extensive research done on that. So, the people that are always saying, well, "Of course it's going to be sun, sunny," are the ones who uh, have a natural, optimistic, uh, positive, you know, personality. One would say, but uh, also the ones that have put thought into uh, oh. I have a choice here. I can see the glass half full or half empty. And so, you know, I am going to cultivate the space of choosing half full, half full, half full. Why? Because immediately the moment you say it's half full, you create inside of you a space of hope and possibility because you feel like, whoa, if it's half full, it means that I'm just halfway to have it all full. And it's, it, it really holds an invitation for not only feeling like you can't do it, uh, you want to do it, it feels good to do it, and, uh, and you're looking forward to do it. And I just wanted to add that it, it's for those listening, because again, I have played the role of cynic uh, for most of my life. And that can sometimes serve me well when I think, yeah. you know what, what might other people be thinking? It what's what I love about what you just said is it's not just lip service. Like meaning you, there is a, a period of time where there is practice, right? We, we, because to your point, we are wired and then probably socialized to see the negative to assume it will rain or it certainly won't be sunny today and and it does take that practice to rewire and I want to offer that that doesn't just mean we're like oh we'll just say things are positive and I guess then you'll feel happy what I what I believe is happening and what I think I hear you saying is back to what even Eckhart was saying when we do that when we practice to see 
when we choose, and that's so great that you said that it is the power of choice because we do have a choice. And so when we use our power to choose and say, I'm going to choose to see the positive in this moment or the upside or the joy or the beauty or whatever it is, or the love, whatever word you want to use, then what's happening is we're actually not only rewiring our, our physical brain, I believe we are reconnecting back to who we truly are. That oh, absolutely. Sense of our, so that it's not just us, oh, I'm, I'm just going to say these things because, oh, won't that feel good and won't that look good on the surface? But it's actually then translating to that's who we already are. We already are that. And it's just now that we're practicing coming back to that state, that natural state. Yes, I love what you said. And I keep thinking like of the people that are listening to the show and like thinking, well, yes, and, and, and that's very normal because we're, we're introducing uh, some concepts that might be very new to uh, a lot of people, but still people are in search of change and, um, and, and, and realizing that change occurs not only by being superficially happy or pretending you are when you are not in contact with your whole being because we are not just what we are you know writing on our bathroom windows with lipstick right we are we are <laughs> we're so much more than that yeah exactly so taking that in account i think um it's 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 really important i, I would love to just share um a, a cohen which is like a small poem from a teacher I like a lot. Uh, his name is Anthony DeMello. He is a, he's, a, he's a master teacher. Um, he just happened to be a Jesuit priest, but he's much more than that. Honestly, he's a great master. And he writes small little poems that illustrate things very simply. And uh, one, of this is, uh, one of them is about um, happiness. And it goes like this. The student goes to the master and asks, why is everyone here so happy except me? And the teacher says, because they have learned to see goodness and beauty everywhere, said the master. And the student said, why don't I see goodness and beauty everywhere? And then the master replies, because you cannot see outside of you what you fail to see inside. Wow. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So, you know, and I'm just going to repeat just the last line because you cannot see outside of you what you fail to see inside. And he also talks about that the happier people had learned to see goodness and beauty everywhere. So therefore, it implies that they have done some work inside that allowed them to see that beauty. And they I think it, it within themselves first. Exactly, right? which yes. links beautifully with what Eckhart said, because it's, you know, the whole message of Eckhart is that in a work that one needs to, is invited to do, so that all experience of happiness is available. Uh, so if there is not like this inner conscious space found um, 
if we're unable to contact that inner conscious space, then really, you know, we are not able to see happiness outside. Um, and you might say, well, how about the good, the good moments in my life? You know, the moments that I have with my beloved, with my children. But, you know, I would say that there's a difference between experience, experiencing happy moments and finding happiness on a greater scale. So yeah, you can, you know, have a nice cream and have a wonderful moment, <laughs> you know, a pleasure and feel mm -hmm. right, blissful. Yep. But, you know, we're talking here about something like longer term. And that uh that longer term awareness uh for me is connected with a practice and this practice starts with mindfulness. And this mindfulness, it's not about, you know, becoming woo-woo or disconnected with life. It's actually learning how to live life from a deeper space so that you can uh, almost like get more real. Uh, yeah. And of, of, the, of the good and the bad things, you might say. You know, you might, some people might say, well, I don't want to get more real. <laughs> you know, I'm real enough. <laughs> true which is why a lot of us avoid it right we're like well i don't exactly. really want to look at those things any closer and you're right with with, with mindfulness does come a a um a deepening and expanding when, when i hear you saying that the way you're describing it it's like you actually experience life more fully and more richly versus being more detached or more aloof or more, you know, up in a mountain somewhere. So I, I think I do yeah. love to remind people that for those who still perhaps have that connotation, that it, it very much is the opposite, where you can experience life more fully, yeah. tasting, it can be more pleasurable, which may mean it's at times more painful, but they go hand in hand, right? And so then yeah. and to cultivate this inner space and this inner consciousness that you've been talking about, that then the, that, that natural state of being, which is the source of true happiness, that can really begin to emerge yeah. on a moment by moment basis. I would like to offer an example uh, of what we're what we're talking about that I think may help illustrate um, where we're going. So, for instance, uh, somebody is um, deeply unhappy at work, and uh, so you were doing this job, and you really don't like this job, and um, it's monotonous, it's not you know fulfilling. You're thinking of you know quitting the job altogether. And, um, you know, like if you were on a practice of more uh, connection and consciousness about that situation in and out of itself, uh, if you stop to imagine like you're describing the job and you're describing, you know, all the things that you really don't like about the job and they're very real. Um, and and they, you know, and and and, and they and they probably provoke all sorts of feelings of, of, of sadness and frustration, which, which Eckhart talks about, you know, like when he describes the pain body, it's like, you know, you're there and you're, you're feeling all this anxiousness and this frustration and that, you know, it's all coming to you like, you know, like bubbles and you can't, you can't control them. And that's exactly what the mindful process is. You know, it's like you shouldn't control them. You know, they're there, they're coming up, they're coming, you know, 
and they're and they're they're occurring because you are in that space that you don't particularly feel comfortable with. But what what we're suggesting here is through mindful practice, what happens is when we stop and take a step back, we start to notice that you know those things are those situations are happening, but they're not like the truth. They are like clouds on a blue sky. They're like elements of a greater picture. And, um, and the moment in which you start to observe them from a step back from a little distance, then what happens is you start to see them, but not identify with them as the ultimate truth. And, and also, it's almost like, you know, when you when you're like, trying to decorate a room. I'll give you an example. You're trying to decorate a room and then you put a pot here, you know, a picture there. You're like, put your sofa here. What do you do? You normally walk back and you leave it like a few yards, a few feet so that you can see it in perspective, right? And then you might say, oh, I like that. Oh, I don't like this. Oh, I'm gonna move that picture. Oh, I'm gonna move that sofa. Oh, wait, maybe I should, I need some red here. And then you keep coming backs and forwards until you create something that visually is pleasant to you. So the same way, mindfulness, it's like it gives you the opportunity of stepping back and give you that bigger perspective of what's happening. And in this bigger perspective, what you start realizing is that there are other elements on that picture that you may have not been able to observe before because you're so fixed on the negative aspects that you didn't like. And, uh, and some of all uh, those other aspects that you can see if you're actually moving back and creating more space are maybe aspects that could be really empowering of who you are. And by being fixated on the aspects that frustrate you, what happens is you end up forgetting the good ones that could actually be working on the sense of empowering you to deal with that situation a different way, to create inner space in which you can nurture yourself and you can create all sorts of uh, meanings and uh, reasons that could be empowering for you to be doing that job, say at that point of time, it might be important because it's paying your rent, it's possible. And then you might say, well, but I don't wanna stay in a, an apartment that, uh, in a job that just pays for my apartment. And the next question could be, well, what else do you do when you're not doing this job? Who else are you being? You know, what kinds of new um, activities can you be developing when you're not here? Or what kind of new perspectives are you having about who you are so that when you're ready to make a move, then you have a whole scope of empowered, a whole new empowered sense of what you can actually do instead of being fighting against what you don't like. You know, so the picture is much more, it's much deeper than just, okay, I'm going to quit my job because I don't like my boss, you know, because mm -hmm. sometimes we might even be projecting stuff of our childhood, of what we didn't like about mom and dad, you know, or 
uh, it has, happens all the time, all the time. A lot more going on typically than we than we can perceive. At exactly, times. and mm -hmm. not only that. In most cases, you know, even without realizing, we we are sitting on the victim's space, and we are fighting against something, and we're feeling powerless. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So mindfulness is about helping you to move from the space of the victim to the space of the creator from the space of lack to the space of plenty, from the space of the half glass to the space of the full glass, to the space of, you know, no choice, to the space of I'm choosing to be here right now because dot, 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 you know? And then you have a beautiful space, a uh, beautiful story to add to that choice you're making. And so, you know, by, by even by, doing this exercise you already start to feel better because you're like whoa mm -hmm. I, I didn't realize that life could be offering me those opportunities i was fixed on who i thought i was and that felt really sad mm -hmm. and, and you start to then tap into again, that natural state of oh there is so much more going on here yes see the possibilities yes. that's beautiful mm -hmm. yes and, and, and just to add, so people understand, like, you know, the positive psychology, you know, what it, how it help, happens, or how it helps and how it works. It's just that, you know, because we're really on a very good example to add this information. When you start on this inquiry, this inner inquiry, and you start to make the conscious choice that you actually can build a life that uh will be supportive of how you want to show up in the world and what's really important for you then there are all sorts of areas of your life that need to be attended so that you can create a more joyful experience a more fulfilling experience a more thriving experience and and as, as you asked me in the in the beginning flourishing experience and they involve relationships, you know, like really having a deeper look on your relationships, not only emotional, but personal as well, as well, you know, like your engagement with life. Are you really engaged? Are you, you know, just feeling like you're cut off of life and you, you're not really in connection with anything that makes your soul sing? You know, are you having, are you having any type of uh, practicing, any type of exercise that's so important for the whole hormone circulation in your body to help with your energy as well, energy levels. Um, do you have any spiritual practice? When was the last time you meditated, you know, or uh, wrote about what was really going on in your heart? Are you engaged in any goals that are really involved, that you really care about, that you're really involved, that can really steer your energy? turn you on. So there's all sorts of, you know, very practical things one can apply to feel immediately different. So that's, that's the, you know, there's no magic wand. It's like, mm -hmm. how much are you really engaged in, 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 in looking at your life as a holistic process? in which you are creating, you're putting in, you're putting in the love, you're putting in the consciousness, you're putting in the intention. 
and and you start to see the difference. You know, you really you really do. You come out of your little cocoon of protection. You raise, you know, you you put down all the shields of protection, and you step out. You step in the world, and you say, "I'm committed to myself because I'm important. I mean, I mean a lot to myself. I'm I'm worth." And then you start investing on all those beautiful initiatives, and you start reaping the effects. Beautiful. Hmm. Well, that's wonderful. <laughs> and I appreciate you offering our listeners such, uh, not only, I mean, such practical insights and advice and guidance, and even I, I would trust inspiration for you, those of you listening to see that there's just such a multitude, um, you know, there's such a multitude of facets and ways to embark on this. And there's people like Susie, uh, who, who, who support and guide you. There are authors and, you know, books out there who are also, who are also serving you. And there are podcasts like this. So there's mm-hmm. a multitude of ways. There are plenty yes. of opportunities. And of course, you yes. never do it alone. So find yeah. something to resonate with. So thank you for sharing all of that, Susie. It feels, um, really beautiful in terms of the the arc and the 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 journey that we took together to really looking at what where true happiness is found and and then even some ways to go about beginning to cultivate that in Mm. life and i would love to pivot now to ask my closing questions of you that uh, in order our, for our, our listeners to get to know you a bit better, and I love to ask each of my guests these questions. So I will start with the first question, which is, who is a source of inspiration for you and why? Mm, that's lovely. Okay, so I chose to write on my bio that I have strong uh, connections with uh, Brazilian spirituality. spirituality. And uh, because I started my transformational journey on an, in an ashram in, in India, I, I still connect very strongly with my spiritual guides. Throughout my divorce, that was very complicated. Um, I also went through breast cancer. Uh, I find myself finding a lot of strength and inspiration in the energy of the divine cosmic love. You know, some people call it divine mother, some people call it um, like, you know, the Christians, the mother of Jesus. For me, is this um, lovely energy of unconditional love, maternal unconditional love that I always go back to. And uh, it gives me a lot of nurturing and connection. So I, I pray to the Divine Mother <clears throat> very often. And I, I've, I've done like a pilgrimage to Europe to a lot of the sacred, you know, holy mother spots and even in india as well to the divine mother so this is something that it's very much in everything i do you know this search of you know for the mother and um, the cosmic mother i would say and the other thing is i always speak to um you know like a mentor a spiritual mentor of mine some people think of guardian angels or um, mentors, spiritual mentors. For me, it's been uh, a teacher that has been very close to me all my life. So when I'm in search of deeper wisdom, when I'm in search of direction, I always go to my meditation shrine, little shrine, and I connect and I, and I ask 
for me, it's, it's, it's translated into universal wisdom. And so I'm not even suggesting that everybody should have a mentor, but this act of, you know, sitting on your meditation, little spot, special spot and asking for the higher wisdom, higher wisdom, higher wisdom could eventually align you to one being of light that might be able to, you know, help specifically on that case, but also to the possibility of opening oneself to, to divine wisdom at large. My second question is what place or activity is most inspiring you right now? For me right now is um, I am trying to create a balance between a lot of different things that I do. I'm um, writing a lot uh, and I'm, um, you know, with clients and I live in New York City and I got a divorce a few years ago, so I don't have a family like living with me. So I tend to sometimes work too many hours. And I decided that every weekend, even if I don't have anybody to do something with me, a girlfriend, a friend, whatever, I am going to give myself a gift. I'm going to theaters, to museums, to expositions. Every week I do something for Susie. Awesome. <laughs> I love that. So I am, I'm having a date with myself every week. That's wonderful. It's and what so a, it's such a great gift. That's and so it's probably so inspiring and nourishing and nurturing for you. So that's wonderful. My next question here, what is a favorite book that you have read that has been inspiring to you either personally or professionally or spiritually? You know, one book that has totally changed my life was uh, a book called um, Autobiography of a Yogi from Paramananda Yogananda. Is the founder of Self-Realization Fellowship. It's known as SRF in the U.S. And uh, the reason why this book really changed my life is because it, uh, Yogananda uh, talks about his discovery of God and how important it was for him. And, uh, and I, when I read that book, I thought, oh my God, this is so amazing. This is so juicy. I want to know this God. I want to know this energy because, you know, the way he describes God is not like an old man and an author, in an altar, sorry. It's this amazing energy that's all around us that is about truth, hope, energy creativity, possibility. It's about, you know, being truly deeply loved uh, exactly how you are and this call for action and uh, the, um, the idea that uh, you are so, 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 so very special and that um, all you need to do is to remind yourself of that every day. And to start living from that space that comes from the heart, you know, it's not even from the mind. It's the heart, mm -hmm. which is, keeps telling you, you know, yes, life is a beautiful place. And yes, you do matter. And yes, you know, you're, you, there's something out there for you to do that's only yours to do. And it might be big or small, doesn't matter. You know, as a matter of fact, doesn't even have we shouldn't quantify it by big or small, but, but meaningful that will give meaning to your life. Yeah. Beautiful. Mm. 
thank you for sharing that with me and with our listeners. Okay, what is it that you are working on or creating right now that um, is really just lighting you up that you you feel inspired by or that you feel is inspiring for others? Right now, I am um, very excited to uh, put together some trips uh, to walk the path of the divine feminine uh, in the south of France. So I, I, I led some groups in the south of France in the past, uh, meditation groups mainly, and uh, so I have friends there and there's a whole community of lovely people that um, were involved in, this, in, the, in those workshops. And then at one point I thought, I feel so deeply for the divine feminine. Uh, and I feel the world needs more of the energy of the divine feminine because like you, Amanda, who is doing like this wonderful work and, and other women out there, and I would, you know, include myself, there is this new consciousness that is being brought up, you know, to the world that is about partnership, that is about sisterhood, that is about sharing, that is about community, that is about accepting ourselves, that exactly as we are, that's about compassion, that is about forgiveness, that is about um, new leadership, that is not about competitiveness, but it's about co-creation. And those are all attributes of divine feminine. And we, and I believe that a lot of the problems that we are facing in the world these days is the misuse of the masculine principle and all the wars and all the fear and, you know, the capitalism that doesn't care about the children and families that are being destroyed in the midst of economical interests, right, that are behind the big wars. And so the big mother, as represented by planet Earth, and whose voice is us, it's you, it's me, it's other great women out there, the circles that are being created uh, is, 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 is reminding us of the divine feminine. So, you know, I'm um, excited about um, talking more about that. I'm also have been interviewing beautiful teachers that have read, have written books about the theme. And um, I'm, I'm hoping to start traveling with women to the south of France and, uh, and experiencing the energy of Mary Magdalene. We are not gonna have time to talk about this today, but did you know that Mary Magdalene was the most amazing teacher and she was as, I mean, she was the closest yeah. disciple to Jesus. You know, nobody talks about her. I know. I, you know, I've, I've been hearing more about her. I almost feel like now you, now that you're saying this, I had another guest on the show now many, many months ago who also mentioned uh, Mary Magdalene and just her, her power and her connection with her and how she's been learning more about her. And I really was very fascinated. So, and again, we didn't really yeah. get to go into it. So there's obviously... Uh, another segment here yeah, to yeah, 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 dig yeah, in yeah. to that. Wow. Yes. I'd love to learn more. So stay tuned uh, for the next <laughs> episode where we talk more about that. Um, but I love it. All of the divine feminine work and, and traveling and talking and speaking and just um, what a, what an important uh, part of the puzzle to be, to be focused on and mm. to at this point in consciousness. So thank you for that. Thank and you. before we let you go and, and those, yeah 
before signing off. Of course, we want to know how to um, reach out for those who are inspired to do so. So where can they find you? And then, of course, I will be putting links below. Oh, thank you. Uh, so my website is, my name is suzyverde.com, suzyverde.com. Um, and uh, we have a, a, an interview show um, similar to yours. Um, and uh, it's called uh, Wisdom Chats. Uh, and Wisdom Chats can be found uh, through YouTube, the YouTube channel. Uh, and uh, well, in my website, I, I offer um, invitations for individual work, uh, group work. Um, there's also uh, some webinars um, that um, are out there. I am going to offer a free uh, talk. It's actually a beautiful sisterhood kind of um, talk. It's um, uh, on April 25th. Um, and it's it's going to be about very much about, um, you know, what we talked about today, maybe with different nuances and the opportunity of going deeper a little bit, inviting people to do some deeper inquiry. Uh, there will be some practical exercises as well. So you can sign up through um, the website suzyverde.com. It's a free uh, webinar. And, um, and also on April 30th, there will be uh, the start of a, a deep work, group work. Um, I, I call it the, D, the Divas Lounge. <laughs> Love it. Wonderful name. So, hey, Divas out there, you know, if you're interested. <laughs> I love it. Diva's Lounge, and I know that also is on your website. I saw that correct, as well. Correct, correct. So awesome. Website. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Oh my gosh, so many good things. So, Thank you. and this yeah. will be coming up in a, you know, this is right in time. So, you've still got a few weeks to get that, um, to go out, check out suzyverde.com. Again, I'll link that um, below and, and wherever this is posted. And then you can certainly check out her various offerings and go to the YouTube channel. Um, you can watch ours. I, I have yet to watch the complete thing, and, and but I will yeah. be, I will do oh, that. Oh, our, well, our so. interview was so beautiful. Oh, yeah. wonderful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I got started with it. I hope your listeners can can yes. uh, watch it because I think you just share, you, you, you just share so many beautiful ideas, concepts, experiences. You come so much from the heart, Amanda. It's beautiful. Beautiful, the work you're doing. So I am, yeah, I'm super excited that we, oh. we, we crossed paths. So am I. And, and this is just one of, the, one of the things I do that I love the most and what I'm just so grateful for are the, are the people who mm. are being brought into my life like you and who I get to share space with and time with and, and thoughts with. So thank you for giving us your time and energy. And for those of you listening, thank you so much. Please do uh, check out Susie if, if she resonated with you today. Uh, and then, of course, my own plug, you can check out my website, amandajohnson.tv, if you have not yet done so. And um, look at the other things I'm up to, including getting a copy of Becoming Enough, A Heroine's Journey mm. to the Already Perfect Self, um, which is the first book. And, and book two will hopefully be coming out. I, I shouldn't even say hopefully. It will come out later this year. So stay tuned. So beautiful, the book. <laughs> oh, my God. Thank it's you. so beautiful. You've got to get this book. It's so good. <laughs> oh, I will take so the beautiful. plug. Thank hey, you. <laughs> if we were on video, she could hold it up and show it to you right now. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Here's the book. Here's the book. Oh, Go so get many. It. 
Oh, so many, so many gratitudes here today. So thank you everyone for tuning in. Susie, thank you so much for your beautiful energy. This was such a full conversation, rich with so many things. And then for everyone listening, just tuning in next time, uh, we'll continue to have beautiful guests joining us. And until then, many, many blessings.